How's it going, everyone? It's Jack Robinson. This is Decoding the Matrix, Episode 3. And we have Finn Robinson, our usual co-host, and but we have a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Kirby. The boys are having me on today. Kirby, where do you live? What do you do? I, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm a real estate agent, but passionate about politics. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And she mm-hmm. is coming from California, the uh, the devil's land. Yes, Here she sir. is in the south now. <laughs> yeah, communist state, California. <laughs> yeah, we're seven dollars a gas. No thanks. I know. It's even like I've been looking around. It's it's officially three bucks where I'm at. I don't know what it's, it's like. There's some y'all. places here in Tennessee that are. I filled up for three fifty yesterday. Where were you at? Uh, I was in West End because all okay. the gas stations here in Germantown and East are ghetto as hell. You're going to get stabbed mm-hmm. while you're pumping your car. Sort of got everyone's everyone's trying to find the cheapest gas though. Yeah, <laughs> so you got to go where you got to go. Isn't there an app for that? I feel like someone someone make like an app. Well, on the um, the Waze app, like you know, like the travel app, if you you can search up gas and it'll show you like the prices on there. But it's kind of hit or miss because I think the people have to update it versus the gas station or whatever. So. Kind of hit or miss. Well, so tonight's a special night since we have on Kirby, and I guess we could start off with uh, telling some stories. I could go first, or you could go first, whatever it is, but we have um, some awakening stories coming from being stuck in, in the mainstream media and kind of what, what's been fed to you your entire life, especially at colleges. So I guess you could get right into it. I know California is is definitely on the left compared to where, I guess, we're at right now, Texas and Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so actually, I was so raised in California, Northern California, though, up co- close to the Oregon border. I was raised conservative. I'm from a conservative family. My dad is a small business owner, and my mom is raging Republican. So kind of already outskirts, you know, in a very liberal land. So I was raised always kind of just like more of my mouth shut, you know, super obnoxious about it, you know, go off to college, kind of the same thing. I went to University of Oregon. And so that's just also liberal land. It is so liberal over there. Um, And I didn't really know what I was getting myself into going into that. Um, But my first few years, I kind of started to learn how everyone there kind of went. Everyone was very, you know, go transgender and economy and like clean, green, everything and pronouns. Like this, the first day that I showed up and I had to say my pronouns, it was like the red flag right away. I was like, are you kidding oh. me? And was this, was no. this your freshman year? Freshman year, first day. Like I would say that, that seems like it's pretty um, early. Like, yeah, I felt was, like that's very I, recent that happened, but I guess in Oregon mm-mm. it was faster. That was 2015, fall of 2015. Wow. I had to say my pronouns and I red flagged. And what, so, what were your pronouns? I don't want to mispronounce you. Oh, you know, <laughs> she, she, her, she, her. Um, um, but anyways, so I kind of just kind of scouted around and did not make a deal of my political views. I mean, you don't really make friends going around talking about your political views back then. Um, and it was very clear that 99% of people were very liberal. Everyone's either from Portland or from 
um, LA. So that's what you're getting. So I just kind of, you know, you know, I, I wasn't basing friendships off of that, but it, you know, it's always in the back of your mind a little bit. But when it kind of got to the point where I had to start writing papers to fit the narrative or to get good grades, because all the teachers were very hard liberal base. And this was before the 2016 election. So this is when we're, you know, getting ready for it. So it was already getting steamy and spicy and I'm holding my tongue. But um, yeah, I started to write papers a certain way, which was really frustrating. So tell us, um, it was before 2016. That was the first mm-hmm. year that I went to college. So it was kind of different. But when, if you don't mind telling us, when, when were you uh, at Oregon? 2015 and I graduated in spring of 2019. Okay. So you, you said your family was, you know, you were raised conservative and, Mm -hmm. you know, as a kid, you know, you're 15, 16, 17 years old approaching college and your, your last years of high school politics Mm -hmm. really didn't mean much to me. I know for most people, Mm -hmm. it doesn't just because we're ignorant. It's a lot of information. And, you know, as always the parents watch the news, the kids watch cartoons would you say in your household you guys were well-informed or was it just something you were kind of basing your life around? Um, I would say that I was pretty well-informed because my mom is pretty open about it. But again, what you said, like I, I wasn't as into it as I am now. Um, I think that really shifted when the 2016 election actually happened and it was going on. And I can tell you the shift was for me was I used to work at the for the basketball team and I was working in the basketball arena the night of the election and I could see on the TVs you know like the outcome and stuff right so it wasn't until it's not till really late in the night until that was over on the west coast and so I had I lived in this my sorority house at the time which was all the way across campus and I had I walked through campus that night but it's like one in the morning and I've been getting calls that everyone and their mother was out in the middle of campus rioting Oh after God. the election. So I felt so, so unsafe. I had my mom on one, my phone call and I had my like key in my hand just in case <laughs> anything. And I was like booking it. I'm like, it was like a 10 minute, like jog, get back to my sorority house. My sorority had, I lived with 65 girls. It was me and one other girl who were the only ones in there. Every other girl was out riding. So we're running, we're running around the sorority house, like, hell yeah, like, and every other girl was out riding. So I was like, for me, that was a good visualization of like, okay, I'm really, really in a minority here. So that's super interesting. Yeah. um, So you said Northern California, is that, would that be considered uh, Silicon Valley? I'm not really familiar. No. no, so Silicon Valley is more of like the like San Francisco Bay Area, and that's and I'm five I'm five hours north of San Francisco. Oh, yeah. So would you say, obviously, you know, in hindsight, we recognize that Oregon is a very liberal college. At the time, did it feel like it was that way? Like, obviously, the the pronoun stuff, but like, was there a consensus around the student body? Like, yeah, you come here because you're liberal. Yes. Um, and I say this, you know, the best way possible or however, but like literally you would rather come out transgender than Republican at that school. And I felt like unsafe. And mind you, I kept my, my mouth shut most of the time. I was not vocal. I found a few other friends who are like-minded, but other than that, like you do not say anything if you're conservative until my senior mm-hmm. year, which is the story that I told you. But yeah. yeah. So Sorry. if, 
so like you said, you can't say anything. Are people like, are there pe- certain people at Oregon, like maybe you were friends with them or not, that were vocal and, and they were kind of considered outcasts? I don't know how it went. Um, no conservatives I knew were vocal. Um, wow. The, all the ones I knew were very, very liberal and they were like the ones trying to get on like student body and like very, they didn't even like allow conservatives to have a voice essentially. Well, because I know at the University of Arkansas, we had a, you know, a Democratic student body and like a Republican student body. Did a Republican student body exist at Oregon or was it something that they just kind of threw into the shadows? No, it was a very small like Republican club. And I didn't even like get the guts really to participate much until around my junior year. And even then I didn't participate much because it was literally a group of maybe like 15 students out of thousands it was crazy but um you know who actually would host some republican meetings was justin herbert's dad because justin herbert is from eugene oregon and they're like conservative and he would host like some barbecues and stuff for like the republican group on campus and then for for those who don't know justin herbert is a uh, successful quarterback in the nfl for the los angeles chargers so yeah so yeah it was more of a private thing and you kind of thought you once you, it was like one of those things when you found someone who was like mine, you're like, are you like, are you conservative? Okay. Okay. Sh- okay. Like we're best friends now, but sh- like you kept it on the down low. Yeah. It was crazy. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that, you know, with Oregon, I always assumed it was, you know, like a, a sport is Nike and all that, but that's really telling. Well, Nike. Now, now, now that we know, but we know about Nike, it makes more sense. Right. Exactly. Now, yeah, the, the corporate. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's funny because Kirby, you're a little bit older than me. So, at the 2015, I didn't graduate high school till 2017. But I remember specifically, I, I wouldn't say I was a vocal conservative. You know, I felt a certain way, and and sure enough, after the election, I think people started to see how others felt. You know, just by their mm-hmm. body language and the conversations we had. But I had friends that would wear like the Trump shirts like vote Trump or, or Trump 2016, whatever, whatever was going mm-hmm. around and they got beat up. There were multiple mm-hmm. instances. I remember where kids getting beat up in the hallways and outside because they were wearing those shirts. Facts. So like, um, I remember, I remember I wanted to get one and my parents were like, no. And I was like fearful. Like if I walk into the wrong crowd with this shirt, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I actually, it's funny you say that. Cause I had a shirt because Trump actually on his, on his uh, road to election came to Eugene, Oregon and had a rally. And my mom came and we all went to the rally and saw Trump right before the 2016 election. Gosh. And um, it, the, the security needed for that rally was insane. I mean, obviously it only grew from there for him, but in Eugene, Oregon, it was, I mean, there was more protesters there than attendees. And I mean, it's That's... just it's it was just so crazy. It was a completely other way of celebrating and then moving out here and being surrounded by all these people who are like completely the opposite. It is such a culture shock. Would you yeah. say too that talking about the culture shock, like in your experience, are the conservative people you've had encounters with more hospitable, nicer, respectful than the people you were surrounded with in Oregon and in that area? One hundred percent. Um, and even if they're not quote unquote conservative or whatnot, uh, at least they're a little bit more open-minded, open-minded and polite where in Oregon, it was just, you were shut down, canceled, 
can't I got canceled before canceling was a thing. My senior my senior year, I got so canceled. So um yeah, that's why I like it out here a lot more because even if you don't agree, you're still heard, essentially. That's one thing. So uh, a little backstory. I was dating this one girl. Uh, she had moved to Texas. She lived in uh, Seattle mm-hmm. for a while. And um, she was really nice and everything, really naive. But uh, she, that's the one thing she said about coming to Texas. Everyone, we had this Southern hospitality. And she she said that in Seattle, she'd go places and like people wouldn't acknowledge her. And it, it, everyone was kind of isolated. And I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. And she was also a little bit, um, I can see how people become uh, maybe brainwashed. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, yeah. we were talking about the, uh, I think it was the, the Chaz or the whatever the, um, that little yeah, area. Yeah, that was the, the group that was not allowed for police and they were just riding it. It's called the Chaz. And you can see like when you talk to these people, how they tiptoe around things, they're like not sure if they can uh say how they really feel or maybe they don't even think uh one way or the other but it's really weird uh, to see that but yeah uh transitioning to um kind of my story about um being stuck in the matrix i wasn't prepared to tell this but <laughs> yeah you gotta expose yourself yeah i'd love to hear it so i went to arkansas but before then, um, coming in, 2016 was my first year, and I wasn't political at all. Um, I would say that I'm kind of um, understanding or nicer than maybe other person. I was pretty understanding, having friends from different ba- backgrounds and, and things of that nature. But uh, 2016 came around, and for our uh, business courses, we got extra credit. Uh, for watching the uh, presidential debates and we watched the Hillary Trump debate and I was like mind blown. I was like, who is this bully? (laughs) Who is this bully Trump? Um, And that's the one thing I took away because I wasn't, I didn't understand. My brain is too small to understand the full issues of politics. So I just thought he was like bullying but then when you pull back the curtain and understand who Hillary Clinton is and, and what they've done and what Trump was trying to do as a renegade, it really makes more sense. But at the time, I was like really just like emotional about it. Yeah. yeah. So I remember, crazy. I mean, we got, in, we got some heated debates as, you know, brothers and, and family because at the time it was such a um, – emotional topic for a lot of people. They couldn't talk about it without becoming so emotional and aggressive and confrontational. And Jack, you were, you were bought in, dude. Like you thought Trump was like this evil person. Like you said, a bully, bad leader, um, just like an embarrassment almost. And I, I know people that felt the same way you did. Like it, it's yeah. crazy to see how the, oh, yeah. the tables have turned. Oh, yeah. It's a uh, humbling looking back now. Um, but I think social media plays a huge role in how people feel, especially with Trump. There was, I mean, even this past election, some people say it was rigged. Um, I kind of lean towards that. And that's just social media can, can really, I think people underestimate how they can morph like the minds of, of the youth. And then especially colleges in general, that's where, me and Ben last week, we talked about uh, this KGB agent talking about how to uh, 
demoralize the population. And what they would do is they have to, they spend uh, 60 years, which is enough to teach three generations of children these uh, different ideologies. And that's how they break them down. There's no need to invade to to break down the American uh, like lifestyle and everything. But um, going back to my story, sorry, I'm rambling. Um, so I didn't really realize, so Trump was elected and like you said, it was like someone, it was like our world is collapsing. Right. Kind of, I graduated, I went off, um, I spent some time out of the country for a little bit and then I came back and it was 2020. Um, and this is COVID happened. And so the election is in November and I spent a lot of time online like many people did who were kind of locked down, not knowing the extent of COVID. And I found uh, this one guy, uh, Tim Pool. I don't know if you've heard of him. And I just started like poking around and it was like uh, I could see some of the cracks coming through. And um, eventually I just realized I had like a higher, higher moment in my brain where I was thinking about, damn, they're really, they really are trying to steal this and, and play him out to be someone when, and I'd watch interviews of Trump and like, I, I'd like the guy. I'm like, he seems just like a, a nice guy. He's like a business dude, but I don't know. And so that's when I realized, and then this was the, the main thing when um, Twitter started censoring uh, the stories about Hunter Biden and just the whole conversation got like co-opted uh, by big tech. And that's really when I realized this is all a narrative and then I started going deep about like 9-11 and all the shit before that. Oh, you went down the rabbit holes. Jack, I'm honestly surprised that you, I, I kind of figured your moment came sooner. I didn't realize it was this past COVID year because would you say like if COVID didn't have happened or wouldn't have happened and like you didn't have the free time to go down that right, do you think you would have had this moment or do you still think you would have been caught up in your ways? Um, I think eventually I would have snapped out of the matrix just because I'm curious in general. And I think eventually I wasn't really a big fan of social media. And so I think just because I understand what, what the, the bad impacts are, but I think I would have figured out, or at least I'd hope, hope so. I don't know. You'd be be standing in line trying to hand out vaccinations if you did. Oh God. Yeah. Do your part. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I feel like you and my brother would get along very well. You guys could have some good conversations. Yeah. How old oh, is your yeah. brother? He's 21, but he's so deep into the deep state side of things. Oh, it's always yeah. so interesting. Him and Ben have some good conversations sometimes. It's always so interesting to hear all the different topics and thoughts. And yeah, it's crazy. It's really, I think the comparison towards, have you ever seen the movie The Matrix, Kirby? Yes, yeah. I think the comparison is so, so real because just from my personal experience, like what you see on like Twitter and Instagram, like it perpetuates what you believe in. And they, they really have, they've really gotten people. And I can't even go on that stuff anymore because you see people's like, you see just like the people that are so far gone. It's like, Oh mm-hmm. my God. And- I guess, go ahead. 
Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and going back to even before this last election too, I was having an issue with that with my peers in college because they're only getting their news that they were coming at me with from Complex and E! News and whatever article they were seeing. Right. Yeah. Buzzfeed. And I was like, I can't even have a genuine argument with you right now because you're, you're getting your news from there. Yeah. Now, and you I, come with me? Go ahead. Oh well, yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I was so guilty of that as well, because it's, it's not about reading the whole article. It's the headline that can grab you. And that's what you remember. And a right. lot of what we saw with big tech is specifically Twitter. Twitter is the worst about it. Um, but they would be, clearly misled and, and miss, I guess, uh, fake news. Yeah. Just fake news in general. And yeah. like people, I remember having conversations with people and scrolling past the same stuff. Cause Twitter will definitely push their agenda. And I would read it because at this point I was, I was bought in, but then other people would just share it with me and be like, Oh my God, did you see this? Trump is canceling HBCU funding. And then you read the article and it's like the complete opposite of what's actually taking place. And so it's all about right. how fast you can report something to someone else. It's not about how accurate it was. And, and we were the, well, the oh, it makes me mad. Well, that's the difference between the educated and the uneducated, right? And it's so frustrating because I'm at the point now where I can't even deal with the uneducated. And I'm like, unless you're unless you're well-versed, I don't care what your viewpoints are. If you know what you're talking about and you've done the reading and you've done the research, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with you. But if you are doing what you just said and just reading headlines and hearsay, then it's not even worth spending the breath on it at this point. Yeah. That's kind of a huge point. It's like I deal with this sometimes with uh, close friends or uh, acquaintances where you like, they'll say something and it's like politically charged. And then you ask them the follow-up question, like, oh, I didn't read the article, or, oh, blah, 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 I don't know. And then there's no point. It's just like, okay, so how are you basing uh, reality <laughs> off of that headline? Right. It's all it's all feelings over fact, man. I mean. Oh, yeah, the emotion of it all. And, Jack, I would say kind of a big awakening for you just in terms of, like, reality almost was working in the warehouse during COVID. We had a lot of time to talk to to ourselves, to different people, like reflection. And you're like, holy shit, like we're in a pandemic and we're working in this warehouse for 50 hours a week. Like there's a lot of reflection you can have in there, especially when shit's crazy outside. So I wonder if that had any part to do with it. Yeah. And what we were doing, it was so uh, poignant for like the pandemic too. We were... Um... We won't say the the company, but we were helping ship out um, PPE and like we were shipping out ventilators to New York. Wow! Like we shipped out a ton of those in there, yeah. like plane cargo uh, things. And come to find out, there's doctors uh, coming back on that saying that that is actually what ended up killing a lot of people was mm-hmm. putting them on ventilators and their lungs. And, and it was interesting too. We saw a lot of like pharmaceuticals. Um, in there we saw a lot of vaccines and it was uh crazy (laughs) it's some weird shit going back there in the the freezing the freezing thing and doing inventory count on measles and and, uh, it was weird stuff in hindsight it's like damn we were really in it because i don't want to share too much of the information because i think we signed an nda or something but uh there's some stuff back there but it was also funny too like during that moment 
like no one still really had any idea of, of what was going on. And then they brought in face masks. They're like, hey guys, you gotta wear these. And it was such like a a strange moment to think about now because obviously we see it all the time. But like putting on that mask for the first time was like the strangest thing ever. And Weird. then having to consistently wear it and oh, it was a pain. Dude. And think about the people who like I was telling Ben earlier today, Kirby, like I saw this mom and her, her daughter walking on our street and they were both just in masks and they were just outside walking. There's some people that I don't know what it is. They're they're just so maybe they're they're afraid or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm we're I'm at the point now, like living in Nashville, so we don't have the mandate, but you know, people are still wearing them a lot, especially since you know for for a few weeks now there's been a spike and whatever I guess, and people are wearing them again. Like I was just at the grocery store, and we were in a period like two months ago where almost nobody in the grocery store was wearing a mask anymore. And we, you know, we were all free from that. And now everyone's wearing them again. I, of course I'm not. So now I'm getting the side eye again, but I'm trying to be like, okay, well maybe they're sick or maybe they're just, they don't know. I don't know. But it's at this point, it's like, you just don't even know the story anymore. But I think people are scared. And I think people just like, don't like confrontation either so if everyone else, it's the sheep mentality so if everyone else is doing it they're gonna do it too so uh, ben's putting on his mask right I, gotta be, I gotta be protected because someone's outside yeah. so i don't want to i don't want to oh, contract you know what the worst delta. is mm-hmm. the worst was when um it was kind of sports were coming back and you'd see like the, the sports reporter wearing the mask and standing six feet away and talking to the coach without the mask it's so funny so uh, ridiculous. And even Speaking even in of, like the oh sorry Kirby go ahead. No go ahead. I was going well, to I was going to say like the the NBA finals or when they went into that playoff bubble you had to be like negative tested and no one else could enter the th- the complex or or wherever they were. Yet they still had to wear a mask on the sideline if you weren't playing. And yeah. then you could take it off and check into the game like it makes zero sense whatsoever and Carson Wentz he's a football player for the Colts now. Does the same thing. He he plays on the field and then he goes off and puts a mask on and it's just covering his that. mouth. It doesn't even cover his nose. So I'm like, what's the what's the point here? I don't I don't really understand it. I think people like Carson Wentz do that strictly so they don't get as much heat and backlash from everyone else because they're in that spotlight. But you know what is just true, divine, whatever you want to call it, is double masker Jen Saki getting COVID now while she's always masked yeah. up and she's vaxxed. I'm like, now come at me with whatever you got to say, Jen Saki. I would love to hear it. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, we'll get back to you on that. Right. Let me twist the story. Oh, so, crazy. Well, so, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, where can we go from here? There's so many, like, think about the beginning. Um, and I think a lot of blame and hopefully we see this eventually. Uh, Dr. Fauci, he needs to um, he needs to be responsible for the lies he's told, uh, especially to Congress uh, with the gain of function. And I think recently they've even changed the definition of gain of function on the NIH website. And so they've also changed the definition of a vaccine too, I think. Yeah, they have. So messed up. But him particularly, like they made... Yeah, they made the um, documentary about Fauci. You heard about that? Yeah, I have not watched it. <laughs> oh, it's got great reviews. <laughs> yeah. 
It's going to be nominated for a fucking Oscar. Lord. Did you watch it? Was it good? I got some stories pulled up real quick. I'm going to read, read one real quick. Um, Wait, Jack, did you watch the documentary or did you not? No, I'm saving it. No, I'm not watching that. Saving shit. it for a rainy day? Yeah, no way. He's um, he's like a narcissist, I think. I think he really enjoys like being the head of public health for the U.S. I mean, he's the, our highest paid official. Mm-hmm. He was doing fucking photo shoots. Like he's on the like, cover of magazines. Like what? What type of he did a video on public YouTube official during a pandemic is doing that? Yeah, he did a video on uh, YouTube with this like TikToker, some some chick who's like my age or something, and he, it's just so fake. Like they're trying to like convince people that he's like, you can trust me. Ew. Well, yeah, he said we talked about this last time, Jack. He's like, if you don't. If you don't believe in Fauci, then you don't believe in science or, or some bullshit like that. You question me, you're questioning science. Yeah, that's what it was. What a fucking what? dumbass. I would rock Literally. it. <laughs> I would pay money to watch that. Oh, all right. Well, I got a story right here uh, about Southwest Airlines. Ooh. They've now been pressured to investigate uh, one of their pilots for saying, let's go, Brandon, on the loudspeaker. <laughs> Have you seen that video? I have not. Oh, it's good. I mean, it's very brief, but I mean, he does his whole normal, thank you for coming on, blah, blah, blah. And then very, very, let's go, Brandon, hangs up. And I'm like, oh, it is iconic. (laughs) He slides it right in there. It's good. That has gone completely viral, the let's go, Brandon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's one of the funniest I don't even know what to call it, but one of the funniest things ever. I mean, it's clever. It's brilliant. I mean, you get around the cuss words, so everyone is saying yeah. it. Oh, it's brilliant. So, Wait, I so think are, they, are they trying funny. to sue the the pilot or fire him or, or whatever? Um, so this one guy called for them to be investigated. For uh, what? Former national finance chair. Uh, draft Biden 2016 and Long Island campaign chair for Barack Obama. He said, can we get 1,000 people to quickly comment hashtag fired so we can pressure Southwest Air to fire oh my God. Maggot, who said let's go Brandon, of- which means fuck Joe Biden over the loudspeaker. The, did you see Southwest press release they did two days ago? Yeah, I have it right here. Yeah. Someone you read know, it. I need to be triggered. I mean, that's that's the one thing. I don't know when it started with cancel culture, but these companies just have to toe, toe the line. It's Everyone is so sensitive. Fun. Everyone's too sensitive. Like, when did we get so sensitive? <laughs> that reminds me of that TikTok <laughs> I sent you, Jack, where that guy is uh, on the plane. It's like the, the green screen. It's like... He's like, our God is an awesome God. He's like celebrating it. The caption is like, when liberals kick off a one-year-old baby for not having a mask on, they're like, our God is an awesome God. (laughs) Give Uh, religion to these people. Literally. They'll feel so much better if that one little, yeah, baby is off the plane. They'll be like, wow, we did such justice today. Yeah, and then they all take off their mask and eat their peanuts and 
drink their uh, coffee at the same time. So that makes a lot of sense. Like what kind of a world do we live in? It is so crazy. It is so crazy. Kirby, I'm curious, when you went to Vegas recently, were people masking there? Did it seem, how did how'd that climate kind of feel? Because we're going to Vegas here in two weeks. Ooh, fun. Well, so when we went, it had the mandate had just come back like the week before. So the mandate had been gone and then it got reinstated. So the feel that we got was, you know, we wore it on the plane or whatever. And when you got there, everyone was just wearing it if like they felt like they had to. So like not outside, but in the casinos, people like ha- like would wear it like, you know, down around there. Like no one was really like following it. They just had it ready to go like if they needed to. But I mean, you got people from all over the world coming in and they didn't have a mandate the week before. So no one was really following the guidelines. I got told once to put mine up. They're like, we just, but she literally was like, we just, we just have to, there's cameras everywhere and there. We, we wouldn't let you do We, we don't need to make you do it, but like, we'll just get in trouble if you don't. That's always and, the story. It's always, right? I know someone else is going to get mad at me. It's like, who's going to actually stand up for something? Yeah, but we didn't. I mean, and at the pools and all that, like no one was wearing a mask. So, but just have it with you so you don't have to deal with BS. Nope. Canceling trip. Not going. Not going. Right? Anywhere. Well, you have to, you have to wear it on the the airlines. No, I'm going to cause a scene. I don't wear (laughs) it. I don't wear it until every single time in the last like few months that I've flown, I don't put it on until like I sit down and they're like, can you please put your mask on? And then it's my Trump mask and it goes right on. And I'm like, oh. okay. <laughs> you're like, yeah, here, double whammy, bitch. Yeah. It's, it's kind of <laughs> fun to see how far you can. Yeah. It's kind of fun to see how far you can get before you really get pressed. And then they're like, um, ma'am, come with us. And then you stall the whole flight and that'd be the worst case scenario. <laughs> eh, right. No. Then we got to try, we got to do a little social experiment. You yeah. Should. See how many, see how many takes before they, I get flight banned. Vlog it. Vlog it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be like, I'm filming you. Oh, God. Just have my camera always, right up on their dome. A, yeah, right. Or always have like a Starbucks or something in your hand. Be like, I'm drinking. Like, I'm drinking. Yeah, I remember I flew. Where did I have to fly to recently? Um, oh, it was back to, it was back to Texas in, what was that, May? And I remember like, you know, if you have a mask and you've been wearing it for a while, like it gets kind of loose and, and floppy. I remember it, like it couldn't stay above my nose and I had like gum in, like I was just kind of moving around and I had my, my AirPods in too. And I remember I was sitting down and like trying to like take a nap almost. And like my mask kind of like fell down a little bit, like below my nose, but it was still covering my mouth. And the flight attendant literally wakes me up. It's like tapping me. It's like, you need to put your mask on. I'm like, I'm trying, like I'm sleeping. She's like, you need to put it above your nose. I'm like, are you for real? Like, what kind of fucking Nazi Germany is this? I think it was American, so don't buy American. I was gonna say, yeah, don't yeah, it depends on really the the airlines right now. You really gotta pick and choose. I think that's that's a good point. Even uh, extending that past uh, just the airlines is something that I've been trying to do is, is spend my money uh, with companies that actually stand up for values and um, like certain things. Nike's tough because I, I've grown up wearing it and I have. So I know much I have so much of it, so it sucks. <laughs> we make certain exceptions, uh, but 
but just like things like you buy like coca-cola mm-hmm. like all these companies they don't care about you that they're selling you out uh, for their ideology and right that's if everyone has a mentality like that like i'm not going to use google chrome anymore just because they're spying on all my stuff if everyone starts to come around to that idea then we will have a change in how these companies operate you kind of see that with um i think um our buddy austin he does like advertising stuff and these companies now are they're required to ask you um about cookie preferences when you go on their website which is how they track you over the internet. So I think certain things are changing, but uh, at the same time, it might we might be too far gone on that one. And that's a good question, isn't it? Because I mean, I know so many people who want to do strictly, you know, small businesses and only buy from you know good, good companies, and it's getting to the point where it's so hard. And then you add on the shipping crisis on top of it, and it's like, well where am I going to get certain goods and Christmas is coming up. And like, I ordered, um, you know, that Rihanna shirt, like think while it's still legal. I first, I went to Amazon the other day, went to go buy it. And I was like, hold up. I bet you Etsy or some other small business can make this for me. I went to Etsy, which is full of small businesses and found the shirt and it was even cheaper than it was on Amazon. I'm like, perfect. That's, I did did my little part. And so just finding little where, where and when you can definitely makes a good difference. You're, you're absolutely right. It's tough, too, because at one point, these companies didn't really have a political stance. Um, but as you've seen now, where I don't know what's prompted it, but when companies come out and their Twitter avatars got the pride flag and they're just kind of all, I don't know, this is maybe something that started in Silicon Valley or, or in California, where there's a huge virtue, like you have to announce that you're for equality, you're for everyone. Um just because you want their their services it's it's so um you can see right through what they're doing but it's yeah it's even i was on linkedin today and you know like the frame you can set on like the back of your your background or whatever Mm -hmm. i'll pull it up right now let's see the list i was shocked at the list of what these these default pictures they have on there yeah they're doing it on facebook as well let's see so it goes Self ID for equity. I self ID for equity. I am equity because who I am matters. Celebrate Latino voices. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Amplify black voices. Black owned business. Stand for justice. Be an ally. Um, rainbow flag. Rainbow flag with Black Lives Matter fist. Be an ally. Um, intersectional pride flag. In it together flag. What and I'm. Said is this the communist fist? Is that the communist fist? That is the uh, red, the red salute. Yeah, the Black Lives Matter co-opted mm-hmm. that one. Oh, <laughs> love that. Do they have ones that say hashtag conservative or hashtag nope. go Trump or anything nope. like that? Weird. What about white <laughs> power? Is that a bad one? <laughs> no, not on there. You can probably Maybe. select. I wonder if you've selected your own, and I wonder how long it would be before someone flagged you or someone yeah. took it down that'd be a good social experiment yeah create like a fake linkedin and just tweet well jack you're i mean you're relatively vocal on your linkedin with with how you feel about things yeah i'm not on um i'm not on twitter or uh instagram anymore um i don't feel like 
yeah, I just don't like those, but LinkedIn is the last one I'm on and I will post stuff like I'll like uh, I'll tag an article and I'll, I'll say something really political because I don't know all these people like if no one if no one's gonna say it nothing's gonna happen. A hundred percent. I just feel like throwing it out there and makes hopefully it makes someone question it, um, that maybe was in my position and they just need to be hit in the mouth and, and realize what's going on. So. Yeah, I love that because that's, I was, you know, until like up until my senior year of college, until I moved out here, I did not post anything. I was very quiet about everything. And since I've lived here, I'm mainly vocal through like my Instagram stories. And that's kind of where I've started to find my voice. And the amount of support I have seen, you know, I went through the whole weeding out of like the unfollowers and the backlash. And then now I'm kind of at the point where it's just, huge amounts of support or they're like, Oh my gosh, like, this is a great point. I'm going to share this. And I'm like, if you can just reach one person a day with a thought or a question and it makes them be like, Hey, wait, this is going on because a lot of people are not as in deep as we all are. And so when we take the time to share something that they may not know, that could make all the difference and pass it on. And I agree with you that just share your opinions and that's your first amendment right to do that. So (laughs) Preach. That. Yeah, that was, you're absolutely yeah. right. Cause we, Jack, we kind of talked about that last time about how much of an influence do you have to have over other people in order for there to be some sort of change? Because, you know, obviously we're having these conversations, but I can't touch the entire population and it's just unrealistic to think that way. But Kirby, you're absolutely right. Like the one thought provoking question, the one challenge or, or playing devil's advocate in someone else's conversation that can lead them down a whole nother route to where they do something positive and they, they do think differently. And, and that's kind of what we want. And I think that's kind of been censored, you know, within the last couple of years. And it's such an inflammatory topic to, to bring up politics now that people avoid it because we're afraid of, of what can happen from that. But you kind of have to push through the awkwardness and the uncomfortable to, to do that because it's really the only way that we're going to see a shift here in the United States for sure. 100%. I mean, Ben, Ben knows me. He knows that I'm, I'm not really shy about that anymore. I used to be you know, a couple years ago, but now I'm like, Hey, let's talk about it. Hey, I'm going to, I might offend, I might offend somebody today. I might trigger somebody today, but Hey, you're listening to me, but no, I think it's a good, I think it's really good for, you don't have to have any followers or whatever you you're influencing more people than you think you are just by having the conversation. Thank you, Curry. That, that motivates me a little bit more. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it feels like you're just shouting, shouting to, to no one. But I feel lucky too with my uh, my job, and not a lot of people are in in my similar position where they don't have like a corporate uh, employer that that's harping on them to do certain things. And uh, you know, I just really value that, and I value the freedom of speech. Uh, you should be able to speak, and you know. Even if you're a white supremacist, if you if you're a Nazi, like these things, you can't let. Once you cut someone off, then you you toe the line a little bit, and you're like, all right, this person's a little more extreme. We're cutting them. And then it goes on from there, and I think it should just be a flat. Let everyone speak their mind, and the best will rise to the top. If not, we'll have conversations about it. And Absolutely. That's being no, taken that's away. It is. And it is, it is it is really scary to see how fast and rapid and following these you know political influencers and 
you know, they're posting, like I work for someone who's, you know, in high up in politics and watching him get just, it's like, could be like the littlest thing, but just because he's got the reach and whatever, it's just, nope, you're not posting this or this can't be shared or whatever. And it's like, oh my goodness. Like, are, it, it's an is, there, is, there, is there an office of just like a million little minions, like fact checking, like everybody, like, I don't understand how they're doing it. Yes. It's crazy. In Russia. It's, the Mark, it's the Mark Zuckerberg bots. Yeah. What? Yeah. The bots. Well, it's That's- funny too. Like when you talk about just like the censorship and like what can't be posted, Donald Trump is still banned from Twitter yet. An ISIS leader or member has a Twitter and was literally fucking tweeting during the um, Afghanistan issue we had a month or two ago. I can't remember when that was, but that literally happened and Jack Dorsey did nothing about it. Like that's the, that's the most obvious sign of, of how things are. And like, it wasn't even, I felt like no one even really talked about it. Yeah. I mean, if that didn't wake some people up, I mean, I don't know what can, because that's just sick. It's sick and it's wrong. And a little side note, I love the way how Trump doesn't have a Twitter, but I don't know if you've noticed how he does it, but he releases his president or statements and they could be like one word or one sentence. It's like, he's tweeting through his statements, his political statements. So oh, yeah. uh, every, everyone else posts those and it's like his tweets and it's, Great, I miss it. I miss his tweets. Yeah, he um he's got a huge following, and I'm almost certain he's gonna run in 2024. Is that right? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Well, Kirby, do you think? Do you think certain people will wake up when they realize what's going on with the with the economy, the country? Do you think they'll vote um, Republican coming up in the midterms, and then? eventually for the president 100 100%, 100% i uh, i already think that's happening i mean look at what joe biden has done in the last what seven months I, there's been so many people i've seen on social media and stories of people who are like um i don't know why i voted for him anymore like i'm, I'm flipping the script and they they totally regret their vote i'm sitting here watching the virginia vote and i mean this this could swing Virginia into a red state just solely based on everything that's been happening is just a clear indication of that it's it's allowed yeah. so much else to come out of the shadows and now everyone's seeing all this underneath ugliness and everyone's right. starting to really wake up, I think. And I think that next election is going to be very interesting and I can't wait for it. And I think that the Republicans will definitely win for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I was uh, doing a little bit of research on that uh, Virginia election. So the guy's name is uh, Youngkin. Is that his yeah. Name? Yep. He's currently winning right now, but the polls don't close for a little while. Are they, do you know about them? Are they doing mail-in still or what's that? Um, I think they are. Um, I, I didn't know. I haven't, I honestly was listening to uh, the Kyle written house case today and I wasn't watching too much on this, but um I'm they said this is gonna be close. But I think there's I don't know if they're still doing mail in. I think they are though. Okay. Well I saw a story that he was um he got a huge applause when he vowed to ban critical race theory on day one if he's elected. That's oh, one hundred percent. Well they're having the I mean, have you followed that whole Loudoun County case? Have yeah, me and Ben yeah. Last, uh, yeah. talked all about that. It was- 
So Youngkin's done a really good job at, you know, reaching the parents and really like speaking to the parents about, you know, supporting the kids where McAuliffe today in his speech alone today, he mentioned Trump 15 times and it had like nothing. He's like, parents should have nothing to, yeah, parents should have nothing to say about what their kids learn or how teachers teach. So like, and that was just today. So it's like, obviously Youngkin is really speaking to the right crowd. <laughs> well, it's there almost we like when people, when people have to bring like Trump up or like bring up the past yeah. and stuff like that, it's their defense mechanism because they, they mm-hmm. don't have a realistic or factual or logical thought to say next. They're like, Oh, Trump like that. He, he caused all this. And we still see that right. with Paskey Biden. and Biden and all those fuckers mm-hmm. in whatever i mean they they can't keep his name out of their mouth they're obsessed Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. they are obsessed and that was their that's the media is obsessed with trump and that's how they made a lot of their money and i think what we're seeing is the mainstream media is dying right now Um, oh yeah they're trying to find something um and you know it might be bad that trump is running in 2024 because they will have so much ammunition to go for right you know, I think they're dying off. Uh, I could be good with Ron DeSantis too, though. I mean, I'd be happy with you. Obviously, I would love to see Trump run again because it's just, I think everyone would like secretly love to see that happen again, you know, just all that drama. Yeah, all that drama. But I would also be happy if uh, Ron DeSantis ran. I think if Trump runs again and he wins, I think this time is when he will actually like start firing a lot of people and hope because the first time around, he maybe got caught up in, in certain things, and but now it's like he knows this is his time. <laughs> He's going for it. And, oh yeah, I just think it like what an exciting time we live in. Like the most exciting like action political thriller movie there is, <laughs> and we're living in it. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't want to live in that. I'm I'm ready for the movie to be over. I'm ready for the movie to have a plot twist, some sort of change. So you know what I'm saying. Like a reset? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> a great reset? Great reset. I, I don't know what's coming, but if our president is falling asleep in the climate change summit, then something's got to change. Sleepy didn't, Joe. Didn't he shit his pants? I did hear about that, yes. I heard that. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that story is. He was well, at... Where was yeah, he? Jack, explain it. So I had a buddy tell me this, um, where they had to stop um, an event he was at. I'm trying to figure out if it was the climate thing, because I know that's going on, but it might have been right before that. And they had to stop the whole thing, and it lasted long. But I, I thought Ben might have known a little bit more about that. Well, so someone, yeah, it was an event, and they tweeted out because there was a delay, and uh, like Biden and his staff had to spend like an – extra 30, 40 minutes in the bathroom due to like a health issue or something like that. And he came out, allegedly he came out in like a completely different suit than what he walked in with. Now, my question is, did they say that it was a bathroom and a health related issue? Did they actually come out and say that? I'd have to find, I can't remember who told me about this. Um, If they did, then it seemed like they want him to be like medically leaved so that Kamala can get in. Oh, why would you t- oh, say she's that? she's the worst. I'm I almost, I I'm almost I more afraid worse. of her. Me too. Not that she's not running it right now, but that would be <laughs> yeah. way worse. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. She's just going to laugh and we did it, Joe. We did it. We did it. Yeah, she's evil. I mean, her. Oh, yep. Yep, 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 yep. So hold on. Let me pull it up. So a um, former Nevada chairwoman, and she's verified on Twitter, 66,000 followers. She tweeted. The word around Rome is that Biden's meeting with the Pope was unusually long because Biden had a bit of a bathroom accident at the Vatican and had to be addressed prior to him leaving. (laughs) The Vatican. Oh, no. Yeah, I wonder what they're doing over there. Don't want to know. Well, at at the climate summit, it's like every most powerful politician, world leader, princes, like they're all there. And I'm like, they ha- there has to be some other like meetings after the summit's over, you know, they're all getting together in their jets doing, talking about Lord knows what. It's so scary. Yeah. They're, all, scary. they're all probably talking shit about Biden. They're like, we're, they're just licking their chops at how easy it is to take advantage of the United States right now. And that's the scariest part is we're laughing. We're laughing stock right now. And it's, that's not what America, that's not what we're supposed to be. No, and that's the one thing, and that's why it makes it so weird how somehow Trump's um, presidency yeah, kind of shifted from he was pro-America in the, the most genuine sense where he was bringing jobs to America, which has been the complete opposite with Biden, who's outsourced everything, um, all of our manufacturing jobs, and it, it's just crazy. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. No I mean, this uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of yeah. You wake up and you're like, okay, what's uh, what's on the news today? I follow uh, Charlie Kirk a lot. He I enjoy his. Um, he does a podcast usually pretty like daily or every day, other day, and I I like to have that on the background and listen to him talk about it because he he talks about everything that's going on in a pretty like understandable sense for people because he has a lot of student followers and whatnot watching so. I always like to listen to his little comments and what's going on in the world. And um, all of them, I need to listen to his stuff. Heard good yeah, things. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, He's- oh, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, he does a Turning Point USA. Is that what he does? Yep, yep. It's a, it's actually pretty amazing. I was just at a Turning Point uh, summit in July in Tampa, and it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. He's got all the best top speakers there, and they're all just. Every, being in a room full of like hyped up like conservatives in this time and age, there I felt like no other thrill that matched that energy. I was like, wow, this whole because it's that whole next generation that's you know we all gotta like, it's like a new wave of Republican. It's not like that old, you know what people think of. It's it's the new Republican Party is what is happening right now, and that's it's exciting. It's exciting for sure. It's almost like a. I don't know really the difference, but is it more libertarian coming from like liberty perspective? It's definitely like about the freedoms. Everyone's yeah. about the freedoms because right now that's what's being taken away: freedom of choice, freedom of speech, freedom this, that, and the other. So everyone's definitely on the side of having their own freedoms. I agree. That's the one thing that you know. I'm not. I'm not afraid to say it. I haven't gotten the vaccine, and I won't. Uh, because no one's going to force me to do a medical procedure um, when I don't need it. And God, it just, it makes me feel like 
Oh, if I had to quit my job for it, like these these people are evil. That is evil. <laughs> evil, well, but also look at. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I went to a a coffee shop today in West End, and they had a sign. It said, uh, "We're wearing masks again, and we respectfully request that y'all do too." Also, please consider getting the life-saving COVID nineteen vaccination if you have it already. Well, tell me, what about the person who died from myocarditis? Yeah. What about the girl who's paralyzed? God, like, <laughs> don't tell so people to do a medical procedure. You don't know shit. <laughs> And that's the, that's the part that's annoying. But, you know, it also has been the interesting thing about all of this, too, is seeing, like, now with this whole forced vaccination, to see the amount of people walking out of their jobs. Though. Like, people who've been at their companies for 10, 11 years, and they're, like, well-respected and comfortable, they're just piecing out. And they know damn well that they have to put food on the table for their families and things like that. And they're willing to leave because it's that bad. It is that bad. And, like, New York right now is awful. And, like, look how many people are just walking out and it's almost kind of great to see like a like a substantial amount of people standing up against this because i feel like then the rest of the world's like oh wow 700 employees left or whatever like that's crazy you know what i mean I so agree completely it is can't very hide that. yeah like uh the walkouts for southwest um yeah still had to cancel flights because of it and there's even walkout for nurses in hospitals, even though they forced these people to to quit or they would be terminated, and now they, they need more people. It's ridiculous. That's the one thing that doesn't click for these people that are trying to force stuff on people. It's like, okay, they're not going to realize it until it really affects them. Uh, yeah. Like they, they're not able to get their uh, Uber Eats Starbucks because well, there's no workers or some bullshit. Like <laughs> They're not going to realize it until it's too late. I don't know how you get them to realize, but um, I just I think there's going to be some serious repercussions for what's happening right now. Like I think we're going to see it in our economy, in the workforce next year with the lack of labor workers we've got going on right now, and whether they've decided to or not. There's also like you know the portion of the group who've gotten so lazy because of COVID. And are just taking their checks now over deciding mm. to work. So we haven't even really begun to see the repercussions of everything that's happened like the last year, I don't think. And that's what's scary. That is scary, especially, oh, yeah, going into next year, I wonder how bad it's going to be. Um, I have I'm friends. Stop, I'm stocking up. <laughs> yeah, I have friends that laugh at me. I have uh, some, I have like three months of perish- non-perishable food uh, ready to go and I'm going to order some more. Good, good. I'm coming back to Texas if, if shit hits the yeah. fan, Jack. You're not going to be laughing when you come over to my house because you don't got anything. You better got that baked beans over there. I need some of those. Is um, Texas okay. really where we want to go, though? Yes. Is that really where we want to go? How far I'm... How far away are y'all from the border? Oh. oh we're, we're a good, like, seven hours away from the border. Okay. Yeah, but I'm, I'm in Arlington. That is a huge um, Dang, I didn't even think about that. I got a buddy that we'll have to have, have on I work with. He uh, His family lives uh, in Laredo, which is South Texas, and they're talking about it. It's just insane how many people are coming over. And that's actually a good segue uh, because apparently Biden had proposed uh, this insane proposal for the illegal immigrants 
of giving them uh, $450,000 a person. What? Um, this, this is yeah. for, um, apparently, reported by the Wall Street Journal. Um, the U.S. Department of Justice, Homeland Security, and Health and Human Services are considering payments that could amount to close to $1 million a family. Through the final numbers could shift. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reported most of the families that crossed the border illegally from Mexico to seek asylum in the U.S. included one parent and one child. And so they want to give 450 k to uh, a person and per person, so like 900000 What 000. the – that's real? Like that? that is real? That's real. And you know what's even worse? Is, They're trying to – yeah. I was just going to say relate that to a family of a fallen – soldier who's gone over and fought in for us is around like one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars is what they get for a mm. soldier who fought for our country. And they're giving these illegal illegal immigrants more money than half the people in this like country probably make, you know, a year. You know what I mean? And it's like Exactly. You know why? Because then they're all gonna come in and vote Democrat. Exactly. God dude. And that's they're just spitting in the face of the American mm-hmm. people. They literally, yeah. they're demoralizing people. And I think it's definitely on purpose. You're right, Kirby. They want the, those votes too. It's huge. I mean, that's, yeah. I, that, I can't believe that's real. Like, believe they, it. Believe and like, it. Think about all those farmers down there in Texas that have had to get rid of crops and not do certain things based on these laws and regulations by Biden's administration. And then a group of illegal immigrants walk by with, millions of dollars and be like, Oh, see you later. Have fun. I yeah, mean, the, the legal immigrants, um, they don't like this. They're upset at, at the illegal ones that have, uh, circumvented the system. And can you imagine you're in Mexico and you're, you're in the cartel and you see this being reported, um, that you can get people, they're already going to, you're already going to get money by, uh, trafficking people to America. Coyotes. And, Families in Mexico, they'll pay you uh, to take their kid up to the border. It's just like so much of an incentive. It, it really is like they're trying to just extract everything from America. And um, I don't know why. Maybe to have a one world government. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to make it some, you know, dystopian, utopian, whatever society where really the people have like no options, no choices. Everything's kind of told what to do. And all those people who are at the summit right now can make all those choices for mm. us. You know, the, yeah. rep- the reptoids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's funny. I was actually Kirby. I was talking to Derek about this new Netflix series that came out called uh, inside job. Jack, I don't crazy. know if you've, I don't know if you've crazy. Uh, scrolled upon it yet but it is quite the series it's like this cartoon based thing and they work for this company called uh cognito inc which is like incognito (laughs) (laughs) but it's like they i guess kirby like they control like ai but they report to like the dark shadows and like the reptoids and like it's all this Mm -hmm. subliminal messaging it's funny but it's it's really interesting as to how creative they got with it it's scary and creative and I'm interested because it's like on Netflix. So I'm like curious as to how it got on there or like the whole background, but essentially what he said, and it's um, the company in the show is they are the deep state. So they have like a different office for like every 
conspiracy theory, what we would say, but like they're running it in the deep state in the office and they all um, report to the shadows, which are (laughs) Illuminati or something like that. But they talk about real people and real like stuff that's going on right now. And it's like, um, these are the conspiracies that when me and Ben hang out and my brother, we talk about all the time and it's just on this Netflix show and you're like, it's entertaining, but you're like, wait, what? They put it so, right in your face. That's what they've right always done. Face. They put it right in your face. Yeah, what better, cover, what better cover for what's actually going on than to make a parody about it? Yeah, Exactly. Just like hiding something in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just like, oh, well, we, we talked about this, but it was a joke. It was a cartoon. Like, of course that doesn't exist. That's what people are yeah. going to think. Yeah. That's what uh, that's what my brother likes to call silent disclosure because apparently in the in their rituals or something they're supposed to like disclose it but so they usually do it through media or through movies Hollywood Netflix shows like this where it's like oh it's a joke or like American Horror Story is a huge silent disclosure apparently where you know they do all these things they're like oh it's just you know scary because it's American Horror Story. But it's like, no, think about it for a second. <laughs> that show's pretty satanic from what I Yeah, remember. exactly. Yeah. It is, yeah. But it's all that same thing. It's just like the people are being brainwashed and it's just going into their subconscious and not really th- thinking, oh, it's just some pastime viewing when in reality it's well, programming. They're implanting the idea in your <laughs> yeah, head. Exactly. Um. So Jeff, then we you need to watch about, it. You need to watch it. I'll check it out. But then we talk about like uh, false flags and how things will be put out. Like the Pentagon comes out saying like we, we've identified uh, UFOs. We don't know what they're at, what they are. And it becomes hard to discern what is actually real and what they like. What are they trying to tell the public? And why did they come out with uh, this story about aliens as other things are going on or why did the Brian laundry uh, Gabby Petito story come out while other things are going on. Right. And don't, exactly. Don't you think that's the whole point? Like when in, when in our lifetime, I can maybe think of one or two other cases where that's been wall to wall coverage while there's been the aftermath of Afghanistan and this, that, and the other oh, border, gosh. the border crisis, they everything is going long. on. And on the screen, all you see is Gabby Petito, which is, sad but it's like the biggest distraction of like this year so far i feel like super emotional people see that yeah (sighs) what does kirby what does a what does a a normal person like an able-bodied person do in, in this information age how does someone stay calm and how do they proceed that's the question isn't it I guess, um, I guess if you're an awake person like us and you know, and you can kind of see all these things going on, what I mean, what helps us is that, you know, Ben and I, we find like-minded people, like we, we are each other's friends and we have other friends who think the same and we can have these conversations with, because, you know, I definitely have friends who, you know, are not as in tune. And I think that's when I like kind of turn off my brain a little bit and like not have like the you still, you got to enjoy your life because really this is so out of everyone's control, but as long as you're awake and you're noticing it, then you can like make those little changes to your daily life and your friend's daily life. And I guess try to educate as much as possible, but also don't forget to enjoy 
this life that you've been given. So it's a, it's a hard balance to find. And I think we're all still trying to figure it out, but definitely finding the like-minded people in your life and keep them around you. I think that's a hundred percent correct. I'm going to keep that in mind. And I think that's a good way to maybe end the podcast. If y'all are good with that. Yeah. A solid hour in where we can keep going. I said, I could talk all night about any of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, maybe we call it uh, right now, and then we could definitely do it again, Kirby, because that was, that was really good. Absolutely. Good Thanks for having me, you guys. No problem. Ben, you want to end on some? Mm, what can I say to piss people off? <laughs> oh, don't comply. Yeah. Let's go, Brandon. Just be a just be a free thinker. I mean, it's not that hard to to do things for yourself and for the people you love and follow the information. Great. I would end on this too. Let's have a, a little bit of uh, sympathy for the people that are coming out of the matrix and that are realizing they might have made a mistake and what they've realized and they didn't vote for the the right person. Just have a little bit of sympathy take a deep breath and understand where they're coming from so we can all move forward love that love that absolutely all right well that was decoding the matrix episode three um it's chilly here in texas i don't know what's the weather like freezing it's cold cold. (laughs) it's It's like 40 i think it's like 44 right now i had to turn my heater on for the first time today so it's cold it's time all right well uh Peace out, everyone. Tune in next uh, Tuesday for episode four.